Hello, everybody. Welcome to episode 27 of A Look Closer Podcast. My name is Will Darden, and today we have an awesome, awesome episode with Alex Big, is his name, Blake, and Andrew Hill. Uh, we called them both in, had a group uh, phone call, and we talked about sports. It was just 30 minutes of letting the tape roll, and uh, we covered everything from golf to, to basketball to what TV is going to do to whether we're going to be safe going back in, in sports arenas pretty soon. Um, we just had a really good time, so I hope you enjoy the podcast. In the middle, we talk about a way you can help support uh, people in our community affected by the virus. And uh, without further ado, let's go ahead and get started. Wednesday night, we are on the phone. First time we've ever had a three-way call on Look Closer Podcast with Andrew Hill and Alex Big Blake. Guys, how are you doing? What's up? Doing good. Doing good. We got you on speaker out here. Uh, you guys are safely quarantined wherever wherever you set up shop, so that's pretty dope. But uh, but yeah, we've we you guys have uh, been part of the Monday night uh, bricks traditionally bricks. We've added some other restaurants to the mix the last few years, but um, we've gotten dinner most Mondays for uh, Andrew and I the last five or six years, and big right. uh, the last six years with a three year gap when you were not living near me. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, you guys have been great friends, and I thought we could come on to talk about something that's important to uh, to all of us. So let's go ahead and let's get do it. Yeah, let's get started. So uh, we're talking about sports. Um, I want both of y'all to tell me what has this strange season of sports um, affected you. And before we even get started, I just want to say like the coronavirus pandemic is impacting so many aspects of our lives and the human impact, the human toll really has been um, just catastrophic and, and terrible. And so we, you know, are having this conversation about sports tonight, talking about how how it's being affected by this pandemic, but obviously that's not the most important thing. It's not, uh, not, not something that we want to, to lift up to be, you know, the most important thing during this time. So, um, but kind of acknowledging that this is a really hard time for many people. Um, we want to go ahead and just jump into something that's, that's, that's very different. So, um, how have y'all been impacted by this, the lack of sports these last, last few weeks? I guess to start. Yeah, go ahead. I guess I feel like there's a big void in my life. I never really considered myself. I mean, I've always considered myself to be a sports fan, mm-hmm. but I guess until I didn't have sports, I never really realized how much I relied on sports and like look forward to sports during this time of the year. Yes. Um, for instance, you know, at, at one time you had NBA, college basketball, golf with the Masters, yeah. English Premier League, and I even found myself watching the XFL earlier in the league. Yeah. At, at, a, at a new low point, <laughs> and I guess it really it really hits me the most when. You know, I finished work and like after dinner, I just want to sit down and like find something to watch on TV. Yes. So I always flip to sports and now like, what? It's just not the same when I'm watching a sports game I've already seen 10 yeah. times before on all the reruns. Yep. So or it's just that's some, how it's hit me. Yeah. Or it's just yeah. like some like random person talking on Sports Center for the eighth hour <laughs> in the day about nothing. Andrew, what about you? 
Uh, so I would say a lot of the same way. It's, it's kind of silly to say, but I'm, I feel like I'm a little bit of a boring person because at night, like Vic said, after, after dinner, um, I'm not the type of person that turns on and binge watches TV shows or movies. I'm, I'm used to watching sports and, um, after sports, I'm used to walking, watching talk shows about sports. And so it really, uh, I found myself, uh, almost a little bit bored at times. <laughs> Um, but uh, it, it does make you appreciate sports, and, and when it comes back, and hopefully soon, um, it, I feel like we'll all appreciate it more. It sounds like all of us need to liven up our evening activities. I, I think so too. <laughs> if our well, and this would this would be the perfect time for sports, right? Oh yeah. We're all up at home, so this would be the perfect time to turn on sports and literally binge binge watch sports. Especially uh, last week. I think last week was a particularly hard week because. It would have been the national championship in basketball and then followed by the Masters in oh, golf. Yeah. Um, and then I'm a big soccer fan, and so we would have had soccer continuing through the season as well, and this is kind of a pivotal time. And so um, to miss out on all three of those things in one week kind of sucked. Yeah, and for me it's kind of like – it's like this season of my of the year is usually attached to so many like things happening, kind of like both of you said, like going into March Madness, you know that – uh, we're, we're going to have the masters right soon after. Right. And then it's going to jump into uh premier league soccer. And there's, there's just this like attachment of like my memories from my life to like different times of the year because of what sport is going on and, you know, looking forward to the NBA playoffs and, you know, it's all oh, April and May is going to be great. Cause you know, we've got more basketball on TV and, uh, and then the, and then the, the draft is supposed to be coming up in a couple weeks right. and then the off season of the NBA, which leads into the new season. And, it just kind of feels like this is just going to be like a gap in the history books, a gap in the stats books, a gap in just our whole collective memory. And I really wonder what, what the effect of that is going to be. Yeah. And this is a particularly big year too, I think, because we, we won't have the Olympics and we won't have the Euros and soccer. And um, of course, all the other big events like Wimbledon and the British Open and golf are things that will be canceled until next year. And so um, I, I don't think in my life, definitely not in my life, um, but I'm not sure if in anybody who's listening, their lives has something like this impacted sports as much. Oh, yeah. I mean, Big, you were saying that uh, most of the other sports have been canceled or postponed, but uh, WWE is considered an essential business in Florida. <laughs> it's what? an essential business in Florida. And now we have um, UFC is still alive and well. Uh, Dana White has purchased a fight island in an undisclosed location. <laughs> oh my so they gosh. can So they can fly in all the international fighters and not be subject to travel restrictions and still have the UFC fight in May. On an so, island somewhere? This is real? On a random, an undisclosed location. Look it up. Uh, just search UFC fight island. So they went out of their way and bought an island so we can continue to have our blood sport. How, so. are, how are they going to social distance uh, when they're <laughs> fighting and wrestling? I mean, the what? whole so sport is, is not social distancing. So here's, so here's the thing, though. Like, let's say you keep two fighters in a hotel room, you know, in two separate hotel rooms. You yeah. know, the week leading up to the fight, they're not exposed to anyone. Okay. And they're getting in the ring. Neither one of them has theoretically been exposed to coronavirus in the week before that. So you could do it. It's not like you have a whole mob of people you have to control. But do you do the fighters you know, wear masks? Do they wear like gloves? Like how are they how are they making sure no. that, that there's no fluid exchange of some kind with droplets or whatever? I don't know. I don't really know how you could do that short of like telling them not to punch each other. And that yeah. would defeat, you know, kind of the whole purpose. But, that we were know. texting a, a little while ago about just like sports that would be okay to do without fans. And Andrew, you made a pretty strong case that golf 
would be pretty good without fans. Tell us more about that. Yeah, so <clears throat> I think golf is pretty simple. You you don't need to be within six feet of anybody else to play golf. And in fact, that's why I think most um, golf courses, or I don't know if most, but many golf courses around the country are still open and people are still playing. Um, you don't necessarily need to have uh, be within six feet of anybody. And also you don't really need fans. You know, I, I think the right. fans create a lot of the experience, especially at the masters or at us Open, or especially at <clears throat> events like the Ryder cup. But I would say only, at the, I would say only at those events, which makes it even stronger case for golf. Right. Yeah. Like yeah, fans so, are all, like fans are kind of treated a little bit with contempt with the club itself, with the, with the, the players. Sometimes it's like, Oh, like, I guess if, I guess if fans have to be here, we'll let them in. I mean, maybe you might, maybe you might have a different, a different thought about that, but it's like the only sport which sort of treats its fans a little bit like, you know, like they're, they're there, but like, you know, the, the main thing is like these golfers and making sure that they, you know, are absolutely silent and have their, have their, their piece to be able to do it. But, um, what do you, what do you think about, about that big, I know you went out on the course last weekend. <laughs> and so and here's the thing. So I wonder if golfers will almost regret like all the times they like griped about the fans yeah. and <laughs> griped about people clapping or cheering our cell phone backswing. going off. Yeah. And so what, let's say like, it's it, sure. It's completely quiet when they're in the backswing, but let's say like, yeah, you hit a great shot on what would typically be a crowded hole. Right. And then all of a sudden there's no one clapping or yelling out your name just bird, or all the birds. other associated <laughs> antics that go about it. Like, do you think that's going to make like a Ricky Fowler or Jordan Spieth like rethink how they've treated fans in the past? I don't know. I don't know. I mean, <laughs> maybe there's going to be some like statistical evidence that golfers do worse when there's not fans because they well, don't have that motivation. Saying. Yeah, I, I think it's interesting because I think, of course, all the golfers say the right thing and they, they say that they would prefer to have fans. But <clears throat> it's also easy to think that they would be totally fine without fans. But they're so used to playing around so many people yeah. and being able to zone them out that I think it would almost, at least initially, feel weird to play without anybody there. Like, would it be lonely and, or like boring? You know, like like because you, I mean, these guys aren't always golfing with like their best butts. You know, like they're just playing a sport quietly, like with this guy that they might kind of have a relationship with, but more yeah. and often than not, they just kind of get paired together. I feel like it may not be as engaging, you know, for them to do this sport by themselves. I feel like it would kind of harken back to the days of like amateur golf and collegiate golf for a lot of these guys. Yeah. So I think if anything, like they would feel like less of less of a professional during those moments and yeah. kind of yeah. almost be nostalgic about how their old tournaments used to be. Yeah. yeah. And so golf, I, I read a little bit earlier today that golf is talking about um, restarting their season in the middle of June. And so they're still going to have a number of events starting in the middle of June yeah. um, and are planning to play without fans. And then, of course, I think most people have heard that they're going to try to fit in three of the four mass or three yeah. of the four major years starting in August. And what they said about the PGA um, at the beginning of August is that they are more than prepared to play without fans. And I think wow. that's really interesting. And I think from a sponsorship standpoint, that's interesting. I think from a, just a major standpoint, watching a major without fans, I would much prefer to watch golf than to not watch golf yeah um, right i'd like for it to go but I, I just think it'd be a really interesting event so on the subject of moving the masters to november do either of you guys know if that's ever been done before because they've been playing this thing since like before world war ii <laughs> like is, has it ever not been played the first week of april so i from what i believe is true is that i think they've only not played the event during world war ii yeah. Um, before World War II, it actually wasn't even considered a major. It was a tournament, 
mm-hmm. but it wasn't considered a major until a little bit later on. Um, but I think this is the first time since World War II that it has not been played on in the first or second weekend of April. Yeah. What do you think it's going to look like seeing that course in November? Do you think the there won't be any azaleas, obviously, unless <laughs> there's an artificial azalea company that's <laughs> marketing themselves aggressively to to show up? Like, I mean, they, they do all their work on the course in October, November, December to get it looking beautiful in April. Like, what, what's it going to look like? Will it, will it look but like what it looks have- like now? Well, now they have all year to plan around that contingency. So I'm sure that they're just going to keep it closed and do everything they can and have a great golf course. Or, you know, like you can look back to the uh, major championships they've had at Pinehurst number two or the one they had at Chambers Bay in Washington where like they had brown grass and it didn't look so great on TV. But all they were concerned about was making a playable golf course for competitors. I I think it'll be really cool to see. I hope they kind of – they almost market it based on hey the trees are going to be brown and this will be a, a new master's event and um I, I know rory mcelroy he came out and said that he's actually excited to play in november and he feels like some of the pressure of the masters is off because usually the masters is the first big event of the year and they've been building up for six months to play this one event and now right. he, he's it's at the latter end it's after all the big tournaments of the year and he's excited to play it and then it'll create maybe the players will be playing better at that point you know yeah. they yeah. would have had the Ryder cup the pga and the u.s open all behind them so Theoretically, the guys would be kind of in their peak condition of the year. And then we'll have another calendar oddity with another Masters five months later, right? That's right. Which is going to feel like two weeks later, you know, between Thanksgiving and April just goes by so fast. Um, yeah, that's pretty wild. Uh, what do y'all think about... So, they like, when you watch that those old tournaments on TV, I know Tiger's first win was on the other day. I tried to get Elizabeth to watch it with me. She wasn't super, super... She, no, she's in the room with me, but she's 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 not agreeing with my sentence. She, like she said hour. that we watched it for half an hour, but yeah. we. I loved it. You don't have a mic. <laughs> she uh, so she. We can, we can hear. Her, okay. So. <laughs> well, we did. Okay, to her credit, we did watch it for half an hour, but it did not look like the kind of broadcast you normally see. It was in the you know, the four, three ratio that the, the grass was definitely didn't look as good. Cause it was the nineties TV quality. Then the Oh five masters, you know, it just, well, what was it like for y'all watching some of that on TV? So I, I watched it all cause I, I do love the masters and I enjoyed it. I actually thought it was really cool to be able to see it. And I know CBS when they did it, they had Jim Nance interview the winner, whether it was Phil or tiger, whomever yeah. um, they had a, interviewed them during that round or a, a they interviewed him today, but talking about that round in the middle of the round. And I thought that was a really cool thing. And I, I personally have enjoyed, I, I would much rather watch live sports. Don't get me wrong. I, I can't turn on a random NBA game from 2005 and watch right, it right. and be excited, but watching the masters or watching different Olympics or watching big events um, that have occurred during our lifetime. I love watching because yeah. it also brings you back. I remember where I was in 2005 when oh, Tiger, wow hit the chip on 16 um and that essentially propelled him to win um and so it's cool to bring back those memories um at the same time as watching something cool yeah what about you big yeah i echo um all of what andrew just said like i i was watching tiger hit the chip in like i almost was like flashing back to and i could remember the exact place i was you know 15 years ago when that moment happened so it was kind of cool to you know kind of compare all that's happened since then yeah, um, and just still be just as amazed at how good Tiger Woods is at golf. Yeah, yeah. that stretch like that. I watched a little bit of that last 
like the last couple of holes when he was up by 12, 12 strokes, you know, and everyone's right. just, I mean, it was really special to see him hit that last putt and then go hug his dad. And, um, you know, you've, we saw that scene replay a lot last year when he won, um, the masters and, you know, it's just really cool to see that moment. I mean, I was only, I think five when that happened in real life, but, um, yeah, pretty wild. Well, Hey, let's take a quick break and then we'll come back in just a minute and dive into some more different sports. Hello listeners, Elizabeth here. We are so excited to bring you another commercial break opportunity to help support people in our community. And this one is actually pretty close to our home. Will, can you tell us about what it is? Yeah, so shout out to the Charlotte Agenda for originally covering this story. So there's a teacher, a second grade teacher named Paris Harrell. Who, uh, at what school? At Windsor Park Elementary, <laughs> which, which is, is right about a football <laughs> field away from our, our home. Yes. Um, so it's a Title I school, and a lot of students in uh, Miss Harrell's class have uh, come from low-income families. And uh, she decided about a month ago to, uh, to do grocery deliveries on behalf of her students. So um, she raised some money from some friends, and she now does um, two deliveries a week. And delivers to over 70 families. So um, the really cool thing is that she's also taking donations to continue to support her work. So if you're interested, um, you can Venmo the Wildcat PTO uh, Venmo account, which is, as it loads... Windsor Park Wildcats. Yes, Meow. it's Windsor Park dash Wildcat PTO. There you and, go. And uh, if you really want to do it, you can just uh, message our Instagram. We can send it over, but it's at Windsor Park dash Wildcat PTO, and that's the Venmo, and um, it goes toward groceries for families at Windsor Park. I love it. And with that, we are back to sports. Okay, we are back. We were joking during the break that we accidentally made this podcast a golf podcast <laughs> for the first 15 minutes, but I'm totally okay with it. Big, I didn't mean to cut you off before we took the break. What were you going to say about that last no. topic? And all the discussion about the old Masters podcast, did any of you guys watch the old uh, college basketball championships they had oh, yes. a few weeks ago? No, yeah. Oh, just, oh, oh, what's, crazy to, Butler what's crazy about all yep. of that? Yeah. Is how like in the games in the nineteen eighties, like how diabolical it was that they didn't even have the scoreboard on the screen that you're watching. Yeah. Like yeah. How so you had to just like what? Like you could just turn on a game like let's well, say ten minutes in. Yeah. And you would have no clue how your team's doing until halftime, which right. I think is crazy. And then yeah, you yeah. might well, get lucky. Come a long way. Yeah, you might get lucky if they flashed it before a TV timeout. But I agree. <laughs> I mean the graphics were very, very rudimentary and uh yeah. It was definitely pretty wild. Yeah, I, I didn't watch the UNC Villanova one. I know it was on, but yeah, I just couldn't couldn't bring myself to to relive that pain. Yeah. Um, so what I, what I got a kick out of during the – I watched the Carolina-Georgetown, the 82 one, where Michael Jordan hit the shot, and uh, Big, I totally agree with you. It was funny to kind of watch how they portrayed the game um, because there's no scoreboard, there's no three-point line. It was just really weird, but I also got a kick. Uh, I think our first like eight points were uh, gold tending, which was so funny to watch. Ewing just looked like a monster in that game. Like I feel like he was like on TV, especially he was like just twice the size of everyone. He was. was. So I have a funny, funny scenario for y'all. So okay, a month ago, two, a month and a half ago, we have some of the highest paid athletes in the world playing every night in arenas with twenty thousand people. You know, the crowd screaming their name. They're, you know, they're doing these commercials with like Gatorade and Nike and all these different things. And last week we got to see those similar players sit in their apartments with their headphones on in their sweatpants and play each other in a game of 2K on 
primetime television for <laughs> like how long? Like a week, right? It like, was. It was yeah. Like, think about that. Think about how how do these guys feel going from like, okay, I'm like hot stuff, like I've got a, like millions of Instagram followers, a big contract. I'm you know I'm wearing these shoes, like I'm playing in front of all these people to sitting and listening to their to the headset playing on a you know flat screen tv what do you think that feels like to the average nba player honestly i think they probably enjoyed it you know because you know that's probably what they do during all their free time anyways and how they stay in touch with their friends around the league yeah. so i think if anything it gave them a chance to first like just kind of be a normal person during all this and kind of do what everyone else is doing just playing xbox during all this yeah and second like you know, although it's not the same as playing in front of 20,000 people a night, it gave them an outlet to be competitive. And, yeah. you know, once you make it to the level of being an NBA athlete, you know, you can't really flip that switch off. So I feel like a lot of those guys, when I was watching, were kind of really thriving from it, unlike, yeah. you know, the horse competition. <laughs> yeah, and they were they were doing it for a good cause, which I think is cool too. And I think what what's really cool about, I don't know, the, that 2K tournament, and then really all these other events, so the concerts that we're, we can watch on TV where people are recording themselves singing from home and those things, it, it really makes these people seem real. Yeah. Um, and like they're they're just like us. Hey, these people, though they are paid millions of dollars and are incredible athletes, they are just other people like who, like Dick said, they, they love to play 2K, which uh, I can't tell you the amount of times I sat in front of a TV and watched our housemates play 2K in college. So it was fun for me to watch. Yeah. I mean, we, so we did a podcast last year talking about like the rise in like game streaming, you know, and like talking about how 20 years ago, 10 years ago, even this would have been crazy, you know, to film yourself playing video games and put it on the internet for other people to enjoy and watch. But I mean, Twitch, I don't know the numbers, but it's probably never been more popular than it is right now. Yeah. I know stream gamers are, are, have never been more popular than they are right now. And what a cool, what a cool thing for this video game to be on national TV and these guys. I mean, what's it like to play yourself? And none of the guys, I don't think many <laughs> of the guys even played them. They played. I don't think they all did. picked like Giannis. Other yeah, <laughs> yeah, they all picked other people. But uh, did you guys watch any of the horse challenge that they did? That was a little Unfortunately, bit. Unfortunately, yeah. I regret watching it. And here's my thing. Back to back to your point about like these are NBA all stars that make millions of dollars a year. And it seems like to most of like to, to me, like they can't even afford like a decent internet connection. Cause it like back to the, back to the 1990s, like broadcast quality. Like I don't even know if it was that level. Like it was yeah. pretty bad. That's, that's a really good point. I mean, I've seen that on like cable news too. You know, CNN has got the one or two people in the multi-million dollar studio with all the graphics and the lights. And then they cut to their, you know, their chief chief correspondent and he's in his home office, you know, on a, on a zoom cam and you right. hear his dog in the background and like <laughs> i mean it's really that's really a really good point like I, I i heard that the late night hosts that have been doing shows from home have had to get like a rapid training and how to make themselves sound good and look good with just themselves and like you know their family to help but uh but i agree you know but I, one thing i did like was seeing how legit some of their home basketball setups were because goodness like when i shoot on my little you know my goal in this you know 15 foot little concrete pad that's breaking apart and, and a fence that the ball goes over every five minutes you know like you know i long for the days when i might be able to hopefully afford some kind of half court setup but these guys some of them had like pretty dope 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 setups yeah yeah they the indoor gym that was that was the nicest. That was very impressive. That's a flex right there. I I don't know of many of many basketball guys that have indoor gyms like that. Like that, you really got to be like, 
like I don't know, like LeBron status to to pay for that or afford that. But yeah, well, I, evidently Giannis Giannis does not have a basketball goal at his house. So yeah, I was, couldn't believe that. Really? Where did he? Where yeah. I didn't watch that part. Where did he shoot it from? He's the freaking MVP. It was a it was an ESPN article that came out a while ago, but oh. talked about how he hasn't been able to get up shots because he doesn't have a a basket, which Dang. unreal. Someone should set up a GoFundMe. Send that man a basket. I think that would be good. Um, hey, I have a silly question for y'all. So here's what I'm thinking, okay? There has never been more time for high school, middle school players of every skill level to work on what every coach calls, quote, the fundamentals, right? So in basketball, it's passing, dribbling, uh, being able to, to to play defense, right? It's the very basic thing, shooting free throws. In football, it's passing, holding the ball so you don't fumble it, your footwork. Do you think that there will be a whole generation of players that come out of this with skills that are like Mahomes, Steph Curry, like across the board? Because they've never had more time for the individual practice and discipline required to be great. Well, they've never had more time, but they also don't have a gym to go to. You can't... Mm you know, develop those skills kind of in the crucible of playing with other players um, under the guidance of a coach. That's Um, true. You know, and I think the good thing about basketball before was that anyone could go to the local park and get up shots and play pickup games. And now, like for in Charlotte, for example, they're cutting the nets down or like putting, you know, you know, Wooden blocks. Boards over, yeah, yeah, wooden blocks over it. Those, so. are, those are, pictures are such a bummer, you know? Like, you see that, you're like, is there, could you not just put, like, tape around the court, you know? Like, <laughs> like why do you have to do that, you know? But I, I do think, Will, we are about to have the most competitive esports ever. <laughs> I, I think people have time to train up in Fortnite and whatever, yeah. 2K, FIFA, every other thing. And so esports is about to get real. <laughs> that's awesome but fundamental esports skills fundamental <laughs> esports to, skills. to answer your question yes i love it i love it so let me ask you a question let's say that technically like social distancing works um you know the curve is flattened it takes a little while in different parts of the country but let's say by uh mid-june we get a you know a notice from the government or the cdc that says okay now you can go in those large groups just like before you just need to wear a mask and maybe avoid like coughing on somebody do you think that the world will just kind of snap right back to the way we've always been doing things do you think season ticket holders are just going to keep showing up every third night or whenever the games are just like they always have or do you think there's going to be some kind of like resistance to that or an aversion to it like wondering for the first time is it safe to go into this mass sporting event group so i i I think it's interesting because in fact, before the government or before our, our local municipalities, they put on the shelter in place orders, sports had already shut down. Sports was really one of the very first industries to shut down. Oh, yeah. Uh, when and, when Rudy Gobert got the coronavirus yep. that night and that game was suspended. Yep. And then really it felt like it was amazing the next two or three days to kind of watch every major sporting event or league shut down. Yeah. Um, and so I think to answer your question, I think on the back end of this, when things start to open up, um, of course, because stadiums are anywhere between 20,000 and 120,000 people, I, I think sports is going to be really slow to follow. I think yeah. people will be willing to go, um, and we don't need to get into why, but I, I think I don't think sports will open up for quite a while. Yeah, I agree with Andrew. I saw today where 
you know, California has been very proactive on all the response to coronavirus. And they said today that there's a very real chance you won't have live sports, I guess, at least with audiences in California until 2021, at least. Oh, man. But you know what I think is interesting? I I would love, like I said earlier, I would love to watch sports on TV. So I'd love to watch NBA without fans. And I'd love to watch golf. And I'd love to watch anything without fans. I know the players are talking about, hey, that would be a problem. And then there are so many logistical things in the background about where where are they living and where are their families and how much time are they mm-hmm. away and those sorts of things. So I think it, it is really complicated. But I, I'm hoping that when this does open up that they can find out some sort of – I mean, these are really smart people who are paying yeah. a lot of money to figure this stuff out. I hope that they would find a way in which we could still watch some sports like golf yeah um, and get our fix if you will curling um, but, i mean yeah yeah badminton. I, feel like, I, <laughs> I feel like as far as like pro sports goes like honestly i feel like we're more prepared to have like a cable only and no live you know bands there more than ever because yeah as a lot of y'all recall over the last couple of years there's been that whole tension of you know the quality of tvs and the quality of broadcasts mm. and all that have gotten so good so a lot of fans are even now saying like we don't really feel compelled to go to the right. game and now you see a lot of stadiums like having to put fantasy scores and all these other things just to get people out to the game wow so now like people there's already that current that was you know attracting people just to stay at home and watch games so yeah what it, could you imagine a scenario where like let's say we're replaying like that that saints nfc game you know from two years ago when that crazy call happens or the no call for the pass interference and the crowd goes crazy you know and it you know it's it's ruled that it's not still not pass interference and it ends up changing that game which ends up changing potentially the super bowl like how, what would that moment have looked like if it was in an empty stadium or like a smaller stadium with just parents and like close friends in attendance like would the coaches or the players have raised enough of a like would it have been that big of a deal it, you no, know that's such a good question it'd be so weird and think about like think about an nba game and towards the end of the game if, if let's say lebron james he dunks it and he's sitting there celebrating in front of the fans who is going to do that like are they still going to celebrate yeah. or are they there's no point the, yeah yeah I, I i think about i mean the fans are still watching and the fans are still like that's but yeah, you know, they're, being yeah. Attentive, they're just not so. top of mind because they're not in the building right but it does make me think of, so I know we talked about this earlier about um, soccer. So we were texting about earlier today about soccer and how um, in the past teams have been punished. And this is mainly in Europe, but European teams have been punished for different things. And when they're punished, oftentimes their punishment is that they have to play a game in their stadium without fans. Yeah. Um, and of course, there's lost revenue and things like that. And um, it's funny to watch when, when those players score goals. They don't celebrate in the corner like they normally do. They actually run straight over to the bench. And oh, celebrate. yeah. It's kind of cool. That is um, cool. Yeah. Yeah. And so I'm curious in other sports like the NBA specifically or the NFL, what, what are celebrations like um, yeah. without fans there? That's a really I feel like if anything, they could be like, you know, more celebrations, more tailored to something that could get reposted online or something yeah. that could yeah. you know, go viral because they know that that's going to be their medium to connect with fans. Yeah. So if I were the a savvy NFL, athlete – I would come up with have to relax on the rules. And this all assumes that these teams will still somehow get enough revenue to even pay players and to even have the games because, you know, like like the argument goes, well, a lot of their money comes from TV. So, you know, sports that are TV dependent will probably be okay. But what if the networks don't think that that content is still as valuable if there's no fans, right? If they're playing to, you know, an empty, like we see a lot of those March Madness games that are played to pretty empty, like, 
local areas, especially in those early rounds. And, you know, sometimes there's random tournaments in November that are played to almost empty arenas. Like they're not as fun to watch. Like there's like the people, like they're not engaged. Like the coach, even if the coaches and the players are engaged, like it's just weird. You know, it's like you're, you feel like, yeah. Like what, what, is that what the NBA would feel like if there's no fans, right? If is that what football would feel like? So I think it's different. I think with those tournaments, like those early November tournaments that are empty, um, it's not empty and it's, and it's not exciting to watch, not because there are no fans there, but I think there are no fans there because it's not going to be an exciting game to begin with, mm, or you're not going to yeah. have the star power or those elite teams. No allegiance. But I, think, yeah. I think now if you look at the NBA, like NBA fans aren't going anywhere right now. Yeah. And I think more than ever, like Americans and just people across the world, while we're all cooped up in our house, like we're starved for content. We're starved to watch anything that's on TV. So I think if anything, those TV rights are going to be even more valuable than ever, you know, especially for teams like the Lakers and the Knicks and all that. So if anything, it could be a potential boon to these teams. I would, I would love if the first night of sports, we come back, they have just like one game and I don't know what that game is. Hopefully it would be two really competitive, really good teams with big stars. And just to see what kind of ratings that would get, because I imagine that would, um, and of course I'm just guessing, but I, I would think that that would compare with like the best Super Bowls and, oh, and other yeah. events, just because so many sports, so many people are deprived of sports. And I think we realize that so many people, especially in America, love sports. And so yeah. for one night to have one event that everybody can just tune into together, I think it'd be really interesting. So all you the Lakers yeah. Clippers, the Lakers Clippers game that was rescheduled earlier in the year, that was, you, oh, make that, yeah. you make that the first game back. And you know it would it would be a blowout everyone would watch. And I think if it's you made a really good point. Like if if sports comes back before mass social distancing ends and people are still quarantined at home, I mean this could be some of the best con- content buzzword right content to ever hit the airwaves right because you now have a captive audience of people that can't go to restaurants, can't go to shows, uh, they can't go hang out with their friends. Like there's I think that you're going to see a, a world where uh, that whatever's broadcast becomes, you know, like the Super Bowl, you know? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, we, we are, we we're at uh, about 16 minutes for the second segment. Do you guys have any like thing you haven't said that you're like, Oh man, like I wish we could talk about this or like, you know, I wonder if we could cover this random thing I thought about. Um, I've got a couple ideas, but I wanted to give y'all like one last chance to throw in your, your hot topics. I like your Mahomes topic. I knew you're, I knew that was going to make its way in. Mahomes, yeah. So I really, I'm, I'm, I'm sticking by this. I really think that there's going to be some prodigy that you know is home from school. He's like 11 years old. His name is probably something like Hanson or something like that. And you know, it's like Hanson, <laughs> Hanson Graves. Let's just call him that. Like he's, you know, he lives in like you know some distant suburb of Ohio, and you know his family has this cool goal. And he's just getting up shots right now. And he's, he does his three hours of schoolwork and then he goes outside and he shoots and then he comes in to eat lunch and then he goes and shoots. Right. And, and then suddenly Hanson is now like the top draft pick and your bigger point was that he wouldn't have coaching and players and, you know, shooting's not just the whole game, but I think there's going to be something <laughs> like that. Yeah. I think we need to watch out for hey, Hanson. Hey, we can speak it into existence. We can be the, we can be the kid's sponsor. <laughs> well, uh, I think it'd be interesting to get predictions on when, sports come back just each the, the three of us oh, okay yeah on when, yep. sp- when sports in general will come back okay andrew you go first all right i think sports will be back 
August 1st. I think that is kind of the first day sports in general will be back. Like sports as we know it or like sports? Man, wait, that's a good question. Because I got to think about this. Because golf said they'll be back in June, and I think golf can come. Let's say MMA MMA never went anywhere, so I think it would be better. (laughs) I think it'd be more interesting if we said like normal, like quote normal February 2020 sports. Like when is that coming back? I said XFL never. It went bankrupt. XFL's out. We know that. (laughs) I think. I think fall fall of 2021 is when people will maybe start feeling more comfortable and loosening restrictions and going out. And I think, I don't think we're going to have 2021 a year and a half. Yeah. I think, I mean, I I think we'll get sports back before then, but I don't think we'll have live audiences until then. That's what, oh yeah. I I think, think yeah, sports will be back before then. I'm just saying like sports as we remember it from, Uh, yeah. What do you think big? Um, I don't know. I, I think, you know, a lot of the guidance as far as loosening you know, social distancing and all that's gone. It's going to be a region by region thing. So I don't, you know, it depends and it's going to depend on how we progress with testing and all that. But I wouldn't be shocked if there's something back by winter 2020, you know, this could end up being a freezing cold take, but you know, <laughs> well, I think, no, I think I, you're... Cer- I certainly hope. And, and, and I think it's going to be like a regional thing. Like even if you can't have sports in New York and New Jersey, you know, Who's to say you can't have a basketball game in Nebraska? So what you're saying yeah. is like it's going to be sometime between you know this summer and two years from now. Yeah, <laughs> that's so so specific. I, Thank you. I think exactly. What'll be really interesting. I think the NFL is going to dictate a lot this year. Yeah, so yeah. The NFL season starts. I think the NFL is in a strange position because I I think the fans are almost as critical to the NFL as they would be to the NBA, and maybe more critical. And so when NFL season starts back, if if there's still some social distancing rules, I think there's going to be an, a push to try to get things open up again. And so I'm I'm with you, Big. I think like December 2020 is maybe not necessarily normal, but I think stadiums may start opening up a little bit more. Hmm. These are great. Okay, so we're going to do the rundown like we do in uh, part of the interruption. So we only have like two minutes left. I'm setting a timer starting now. Okay, do we think that what's going to happen with like current streaks that were already active before things shut down? So let's say this team had won 10 games up until March 2020. Like, will that streak continue whenever this starts back up? Or does, is there kind of a weird gap? What do y'all think? Yeah, it continues. You can't lose a game if you don't play it. So um, I think just like, you know, UNC's tournament streak. I was going to bring that up. Because, because we didn't have a tournament this year. Technically, um, you're, you're right. We didn't make the tournament, but there was no tournament. That's right. Occam, Occam's razor, you know? Yeah. I think everything continues. Okay. I love it. Okay. What about, uh, is it going to be possible for people that already paid money for season tickets to get their money back for the games they weren't able to attend? Baseball, basketball, what do y'all think? Yes. I think they'll get their money back, and I think the clubs have insurance to cover it. Big, you think the same thing? I generally agree, yes. Okay. Um, what have y'all thought of like all the stars doing like their own like Instagram live things like Steph Curry did one with his family with like some worship leaders and that was pretty dope and Damian Lillard did one the other day asking for like new show recommendations are y'all a fan of like celebrities quote going live and kind of like bringing bringing them us into their lives Uh, yes and no I, I like it when it seems like they're actually being genuine and enjoying what they're doing 
but I don't like it when it's just like, you know, they're being contrived and just, you know, doing it to do it or doing it just to kind of get views on their stream. So okay. long story short, I like it when the players are, you know, having fun and doing what they want to do. What about you, Andrew? Yeah. I, I think it's cool that they do it and I like that they do it, but I, for 99.9% of them, I'm not going to watch. Okay. All right. Last question. Uh, when there's no sports on TV after you guys finish dinner, what are you, when you have that sad realization that there's nothing on for me to watch, what do you end up watching after that feeling goes away? Tiger King. <laughs> uh, okay. My wife, my wife and I are streaming through Disney plus right now. So whether it be nice. Pixar, Disney, Marvel, those things. I love it. Awesome guys. Well, thank you so much for joining. This was really fun. I thought the, uh, yeah, we made the most of it. It's the fact that we couldn't be in person, but looking forward to when we can get around a table and have more pizza and, and uh, more great conversations. So hope you all have a great rest of your week, and thanks so much for coming on. Thanks for having us. Go Heels. Man, that was fun. That was fun. So fun. I sat right next to Will and got to spectate. Haha, <laughs> spectator sport. I am sorry that I didn't say okay, that you liked yes, the I would Tiger like, Woods broadcast. I would like to add an active edit. I <laughs> was really excited to watch that with Will because I I thought it was really interesting and we watched it probably more than half an hour. It was like a good 45 to yeah. 50 minutes and we said, that that case, was, we said that was one of the highlights of our week. So yep. I was a little offended, I'm but sorry. I'm glad I was able to speak for I'm myself. I'm glad you were able to speak into the microphone from <laughs> six feet away <laughs> yes. and uh, confirm the true story. Yes. But without that, without further ado, uh, we'll wrap up the pod. Um, we love hearing from y'all. So if you enjoyed the podcast, uh, we encourage you to leave a review mm-hmm. on iTunes. Big news. We actually now on Spotify Woo-hoo! as of about a week ago. Spotify listeners. So if you listen on Spotify, you can uh, find us and just search Look Closer Podcast. You may have to scroll down a little bit to find it while mm-hmm. it takes a search some time to, to recognize us. But um, yeah, that's another way, great way you can listen to us. So we're on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, and then a few other um, places as well. And you can so, reach uh, us on Instagram and Twitter at LookCloserPod. We love hearing from you guys. Please feel free to comment, message us, share, anything yep. like that. We love And if you know of any ways that you, we can uh, broadcast ways to support people affected by the virus, For please sure. let us know so we can share on a future episode. And I think Elizabeth will be back on Sunday night with That's another episode right. with some very I'm, special guests. I'm helping host. I'm, I'm really excited about this one. I'm not going to reveal yet. So don't but. miss it. And I uh, hope you all have a great rest of your week. And we will see you next time. Stay safe.